0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast that raises the sitcoms that raised us. Today's show, Mr. Belvedere, the episode The Counselor, and our guest, comedian and television writer Chip Chantry, and we are talking sit.
1: Streaks on the china, never mattered before. Who cares? When you drop your jacket as you came through the door, no one blazed Sometimes things get turned around and no one spared. All hands look out for. You know one of the best things about There's being an ex big leader is getting freebies to the game. Call the front office, bingo. And once these fans recognize me, I probably won't even have to pay for my life here from Miller pillar. and it! I love them. These fans know I drink life because it's less filling and it tastes great. Good seats, huh? you are in the wrong shape, buddy. Come on. Oh! I must be in the front row. Light
0: beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer, and less.
1: (laughs) Good seats, eh, buddy? He missed the tag! He missed a tag!
0: Over six seasons in Major League Baseball, Bob Euchre would compile a stat line of 14 home runs, 74 runs batted in, and hit exactly at the Mendoza line of 200, which was good for a wins-above replacement of negative 1.0. Euchre would find greater success almost immediately upon his retirement becoming the voice of not only the Milwaukee Brewers, but of beer giant Miller Lite as well. And while he'd go on to play announcer Harry Doyle in the major league films, perhaps his greatest six seasons of success were on a television show based on a 1947 book by Gwen Davenport, Mr. Belvedere. Three Mr. Belvedere films were made, all starring Clifton Webb as sharp-tongued butler Lynn Belvedere from 1948 to 1951. Notable stars in these films included Maureen O'Hara, Shirley Temple, and, in Mr. Belvedere Rings the Bell, won Zero Mostel, who in 1967 would star in Mel as The Producers, featuring Christopher Hewitt as director Roger Debris.
1: We're not alone. Please sit down. Roger? Ah, Mrs. Bialy stuck and Bloom, I presume. <laughs> Forgive the pun. <laughs> what pun? Shut up, he thinks he's witty.
0: Born in Worthing, Sussex, England in 1921, Christopher Hewitt was an accomplished stage actor and director for most of his career, appearing in the original Broadway production of My Fair Lady in 1956. By 1985, Bob Euchre was well on his way to second career in, in entertainment, appearing frequently as a guest on The Tonight Show Starring Johnny Carson. With his quick, dry wit and easygoing going charm, light bulbs went off at ABC, who had acquired the rights to the Belvedere franchise and cast Euchre as Patriarch George Owens, opposite Christopher Hewitt as Lynn Aloysius Belvedere. This iteration of Belvedere would follow a trend in television at the time of the male Nannier butler, along with Charles in Charge and Who's the Boss, both of which debuted a year earlier in 1984. As with the other shows, Mr. Belvedere the character would serve as a parental figure and audience surrogate, taking in the crazy misadventures of the Owens family, especially the children, Kevin, Heather, and Wesley. So, as I alluded to, our guest today on Talking Sit to cover the counselor with Mr. Belvedere, comedian, television writer, and right now person I'm looking at, Chip Chantry. Chip, how's it going?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm just concerned that your house is on fire right now. There's a lot going on. We was... you checked your podcasting equipment. Is it? Is it on fire?
0: There's a smell, but it's toast.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, you're both, smelling toast. That's, um, that's I burnt, that's I burnt, burnt the toast
0: because okay. I had a stroke. That's, that's totally fine. So that's totally fine. That's what happens. Um, yeah. Chip, uh, before we get into your synopsis, uh, you chose this series and this episode. Why?
1: So, Mister Belvedere is one of my favorite childhood sitcoms by far. It hit me in a sweet spot. I was so it was eighty-five to ninety. So I would, I was ages. I guess that's about like eight to twelve. So, so you were in the I mean, Wesley range. Time. I was in the Wesley range. Yeah, I yeah. I might be the same age as Wesley. Okay, that, that actually could be. I think Bryce Beckham, the actor, I believe, were mm-hmm. roughly the same age. So I definitely hit that. And this was, and I hate to pull rank, but I am definitely a TGIF hipster. Where I was, I I knew TGIF, TGIF before was cool. Yeah. So this was this was the lead up to Friday night lineup. This was the lead up right before TGIF started. Maybe eighty nine or ninety. Eighty nine. Officially. Yeah. 89. So interestingly and,
0: enough, this was the last one of the last TGIF episodes or non-TGIF episodes.
1: Right. Because this was so. This episode was the final one of the season. So mm-hmm. I think season four closer, I mean, the big, big finale, we got a big special episode and this was, I, I my perfect lineup of TV was Friday nights in 88 or 89, whatever it was. And it, I think the, the Friday night lineup was full house, uh, full, it was full house, perfect strangers, Mr. Belvedere and just the 10 of us, wow. just the 10 of us. Also one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yeah.
0: Um, this was a powerhouse lineup. Um, I think, obviously, uh, the Family Matters era, TGIF, is kind of where I came in at. Uh, this right. was literally like right before I would have uh, jumped in. Um, I think when Belvedere started, uh, Webster was its lead-in. Uh, I think so. Which, I think Webster, right. which was also one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, who was Webster? Was that—what was his name? Emmanuel was, Lewis. Emmanuel Lewis. Okay. Yeah. Not Gary Coleman. Yes. Not Gary Coleman. Well, Gary what Coleman was, was the other little guy. What was Silver Spoons? That was Ricky Schroeder, right?
1: That was Ricky Schroeder and his rich dad and the train that went the through. Train. The train, okay. Okay and the duck phone.
0: And was Webster's family rich? Did he
1: they were relatively rich. They were I Alex Carris, who was a former NFL player, I think played a former NFL player and I think he was a sportscaster. So and the mom was I, I wanna say a psychiatrist. So she had some money. So, like, they definitely, they definitely weren't hurting. Yeah. And, they, and the, did you know that the mom and the dad from Webster they were a real life husband and wife? No. That was that was, that was their their real life uh, husband and wife, and they really moved in the early seasons of Webster. They lived in this apartment, so it was a kind of a high rise, but it wasn't a fancy thing. It was just an apartment. Mm-hmm. And then in later seasons, because Webster burnt down the apartment with this chemistry set Ooh. that actually happened, they moved to like an old I. I I, don't, I think they were in Chicago, but it was like this old, big old house in Chicago, and one of the best things about it was that they had a grandfather clock that you could open up the back of it, like it would slide out, mm-hmm. and there was a secret passageway, and they had secret passageways through the house. Okay. That was, that was, a, big, that was a big deal for me. I do
0: remember that. Yeah, I do remember that in reruns. Uh, that's mm-hmm. like the thing that stood out for me from Webster, and then the uh, toy train on uh, Silver Spoons. Um, yeah. Yeah. And okay.
1: then, of course, the fire trucks that go through your apartment, too, I think is really... That's a recurring I mean, motif. How rich are, how rich are you? I mean, I'm, I'm rich to enough to apartment. have
0: multiple fire trucks in my dining right. room.
1: It's all that grape room money. It is.
0: It is. Even yeah. though it's slowed up. Uh, a lot of the staff is not getting paid right now. It's going to yeah, my fire truck slush fund.
1: I, I don't see a problem with that.
0: Yeah, that's where my fire trucks just deliver mm-hmm. slushies to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very Nothing wrong with that. They got their doses. Let's yeah. use them. Um, okay. So do you want to do your uh, synopsis of this episode uh, for sure. anyone who has not seen it?
1: Sure, this is a very memorable episode for me. I definitely remember watching this. This was a big deal. I would have been about ten years old when this happened, and this this was a big moment for for my brother and I watching this. I have to say, by the way, can I one of my favorite moments in my childhood? I still remember. You know those moments that you you grasp onto that you're just like, this is the greatest thing ever. Sure. I, I was. It might have been the season, or maybe the season before. I was probably nine or ten. I remember it was right before Christmas. It was like early mid December. It was a Friday night, so Friday night was always great because you don't have to go to school for two days. When mm-hmm. I was like an anxious kid, it's like okay, I don't have to think about it think, for forty-eight hours. And it, so it was right. It was Christmas shopping season. My parents, after after we got home from school, my dad got home from work, we went to the King of Prussia Plaza, which is ten minutes away from where I grew up, to go Christmas shopping. And then on the way home, and I still remember this. They, do you remember Best, the store Best? And the best catalog.
0: Vaguely, I think yeah. again that was a little bit right before my time, but
1: right, and it was it was like a you know it was a, it was basically a, a freestanding department store. But they stopped. I remember they stopped outside of the mall, it was like across the street from the King of Press Plaza. There was a Best, and they they went into the Best. My parents at like eight o'clock at night and left my brother and I sitting in the car which is, you know, of course, illegal now or whatever, but there was yeah. no problem with it. And they were probably in there for 20 minutes, and they came out with a bunch of bags, and they threw them in the trunk, which were obviously presents for us, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we didn't pick up on that. You and smart. then my dad, my dad stopped at Burger King on the way home, and we got home right at 9 o'clock when Mr. Belvedere came on, and my brother and I sat and watched Mr. Belvedere eating Burger King, and that might be my favorite memory as a childhood. I didn't have a lot of great memories.
0: I don't think there's a better memory than that, though. Um, no, that's, I think you've hit the that zenith.
1: It, Assuming it was. you
0: were watching it on a zenith.
1: Yes, I yeah. was watching it on a zenith. As yeah. a matter of fact, yeah. yeah. But no, I and I, I should clarify. I had a lot of great memories, but uh, that that was the best.
0: Yeah, I think when this is all said and done, I'm going to do that exact thing. I'm gonna, I think you should. I'm going to DoorDash uh, some Burger King, uh, mm-hmm. not tipping. Uh, no, I'm going to no. ride around, ride around What's in my fire mind? trucks, watching Belvedere. Yeah.
1: yeah, just eating onion rings and drinking slushies. Yeah. So, so this episode came out. I want to say in May. You might have even said I think in May of '88. So this mm-hmm. is the last episode of the season, and so it's summertime. So it's it more. There was definitely was a Christmas vibe for this one, but it's summertime. Would you like me to give you my brief synopsis?
0: Absolutely, please.
1: And I cra- I crafted this. You said no spoilers, so I, I tried to craft this very well. Yeah. Uh, in a very special episode, which I, I'm assuming we'll hit on a lot, It mm-hmm. was a big thing. Much out in a very special episode, Wesley gets more than he bargained for at summer camp. Meanwhile, George gets more than he bargained for when he invites Mr. Belvedere to play golf. Also, at Kevin's fast food restaurant as Kevin's fast food restaurant begins serving breakfast, he gets more than he bargained for. Finally, Heather is so, so stupid) <laughs>
0: That is something that – um that's a really good write-up, um and I wish that they could have done that in old TV guides or uh, Parade Magazine or whatever it was with the listings. Yeah,
1: that's that – I, I, I came up with that idea the other day that literally any sitcom description from the old TV guide days can just be summed up. Like, you give me any episode of any TV show, and you can just say that whatever character got more than he bargained for mm-hmm. – when something happened. Like, give me an episode. Like, what's one of your favorite episodes of just a TV show from back in the 80s or whatever? I'll tell you the synopsis of it.
0: Okay, Uh let's go with um mm, the episode of Who's the Boss where Tony costs Angela a promotion.
1: Right, okay. Um Angela gets more than she bargained for when she enlists Tony's help uh, with getting a raise.
0: You nailed it. That was exactly yeah. it. What happened can you think of a time when a sitcom character got exactly what they bargained for or less?
1: I, I want to say, uh, the cast of mama's family always got exactly what they bargained for. And that's what made it a terrible show. Cause there's no conflict.
0: Okay. So mama's family. And I always get this mixed up. That's Vicki Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, what else is she known for besides what was she known for be- before that? Cause well, I, I, that was like her was, starring she, vehicle,
1: right? Right. I'm, I'm 99% sure, and I could be wrong, but she was on the, I want to say the Carol Burnett show, because she was like very similar okay, to Carol Burnett. Yes, because and I, I always Mama's get family, confused. Yeah, Mama's Family, I believe, was a sketch on the Carol Burnett show, and then that's where that show came from. Because
0: wasn't Vicki Lawrence playing like older than she was, or am I misremembering that?
1: Yeah, very like Golden Girls type that's, thing, where yeah, she played the old lady, she put on the old lady stuff, and
0: mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, all right. Terrible, uh, terrible show. Yeah, terrible. Uh, that was definitely one that I. Uh, oh yes, uh, Dan just mentioned she. She's on that um show with Leslie Jordan and Martin Mall. that it, I'm sure it's canceled by now. Where they're all in an old folks home and David Allen Greer is. Um, oh, I can see that. He's, yeah, that he's sounds- upsettingly playing his age, which you know David yeah. Allen Greer to me has always been like 35 years old, but he is absolutely yeah. unless they aged him like they did Vicky Lawrence and Mama's Family. Um, yeah, they can do a lot with CGI these days. They can. Uh, CGIF is what you're thinking of. The new. Oh, that's uh, what I'm thinking. of, Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Caligula, God, it's Friday. Um, yes. We all praise Caligula. Um, okay. Uh, should we uh, play the episode and we'll just kind of walk through uh, what's happening? Uh, let's. let's make not it what's happen. happening.
1: Not the show. What we're, we're doing. What what's happening now? Yeah.
0: That, what was that? Was that the spinoff? Who did yeah, that focus came, on? Came was a that years Shirley. Later. Yeah. I don't yeah, know who that. And, like,
1: the, yeah. Most of them were in it, but it was yeah. yeah. Raj was married at that point. Yeah.
0: Rerun had died yeah um so this is good uh so this is a uh, straight up youtube rip uh which most of these things are available on um, yeah,
1: so you can watch most episodes of mr belvedere on youtube it's pretty great, great. quality I, is wonderful but yeah. no
0: i want to get the name of whoever uploaded it so we open uh on this particular one with the uh with the preview with the very special episode preview yeah um chip do you remember watching this episode like as a kid do you remember the first time you watched this
1: Oh, 100%. Because it was always a big thing where it was the very special episode that came out. So you kind of had to watch it Mm -hmm. because something bad was going to happen, but you were going to learn a lesson. And then hopefully the actors, which I don't want to spoil too much, but hopefully the actors would then speak to you, the viewer, not in character, but at the end and talk about that very serious subject that we're going to get into. Different Strokes, Mm -hmm. which is also one of my favorite shows, they had a lot of very special episodes. So they would do that. I think Webster did that. So, Mr. Belvedere definitely jumped on that train. They had a couple ones. Uh, they had a couple of very special episodes.
0: Yeah, I'll say nothing. Uh, delivers a message like a stern Conrad Bain.
1: No, I mean that's that's how I want to get all of my information. I
0: that's have Conrad stern. Bain on one shoulder and um another Conrad Bain on the other one. Actually, they're right, both right. my it's conscience
1: a, It's your Conrad brain.
0: <sighs> the man with two Conrad brains.
1: Hey, listen, I gotta go. That's it's been all right, fun. You have a good one. Take care. Take yeah.
0: Care. Um. So the setup here. Is that uh, Wesley's going to summer camp? Chip, did you go yeah. to any kind of summer camp when you were a kid?
1: I a little bit. I got I got homesick when I was in. I went when I was in second grade. I felt like I was pretty young, and I went. I didn't like it too much, and that was the only time I went to summer camp.
0: And was that a sleepaway or like a day camp? Like like I mean, sleepaway camp. Okay. So
1: Wes Wes is just doing the the day camp. Right. John, but they, but yeah, mine was a, was sleep away. Did you go? Did you go?
0: I love yeah, I did. I did. I went to a thing around here uh, called Daisy Day Camp, which was as the name suggests, full of daisies um, okay. and also a day sure. camp. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I related to a lot of this. Um, I yep. will say that Daisy Day Camp ran pretty much the entire summer and not okay. three days like Wesley right. said.
1: Yeah, this was a very quick summer It was brief.
0: Well, it was, it was immersive in the arts, as we'll find out.
1: Yeah, it was like day and a half camp, is, mm-hmm. is what this was. So By the way, yeah. uh, not to gloss over, the theme song is playing right now, which yes. is one of my favorite things in the world. My, my good friend Ben and I, to this day, still talk about this theme song. It's and, uh,
0: wild. It's it's, it's pretty... It, it, it's, go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, because Leon Redbone, who's a mm-hmm. famous singer, has that deep voice. Mm-hmm. He also did an, the... At least it was it sounded like a film. I think it was him. He did an all-commercial, A-L-L, commercial, A-L-L okay. the, di- the detergent, yeah. right around this time, too. He really made his money in, in television. But they sang this song, and uh, the, the first words are streaks on the China. Streaks on the China. Uh-huh. Um, my, my buddy Ben and I always said that we were going to write a tell-all book about Mr. Belvedere, and the title was going to be called Streaks on the China, mm,
0: that which would I think be
1: would be a perfect...
0: Salacious. Um so what so like uh, I said, by the way,
1: are we are we fast forwarding through this episode? It, is that what's it's happening?
0: It's Kind of choppy when we uh, okay. do it on Zoom. Okay, uh, yeah, I didn't I sure
1: what's going on. Yeah. This was a very Okay. So Mr. Belvedere right now, he thinks everybody's gone. This is one of my favorite
0: awesome sitcom song. tropes.
1: Right. So he starts singing opera, he puts on some Wagner. Because so he has
0: opera. to do it in the living room.
1: Right. And he has happens to just have on hand two viking helmets yes. one of course the lady one looks like the swiss miss lady uh-huh. uh because he just has those on hand and that's what he's gonna wear but then of course bob Eucher he catches them. he didn't realize he was home
0: right well the interesting thing is we know we find out later that uh mr belvedere is wealthy enough to own or at least owned a chinese vase presumably yes. a lot of money um yeah. but not headphones headphones were plentiful at the time
1: i mean they absolutely um yeah. why why is he just out there in the open right By the way that that was a big hole in the plot of mr belvedere is he always gave these hints from day one that he worked for the queen of england he worked thank for, you i think gandhi gandhi, gandhi which for,
0: as an englishman working for gandhi i think that's kind of an interesting wrinkle conflict of interest right mm-hmm. there if you know
1: anything about history but he he was talking about all these and he knows all these famous people and he was he was a servant to all these people but now he's working for a family in suburban pittsburgh thank you
0: um, so I was going to ask you that because I watched um, a couple of different episodes to prepare myself because I'd never seen Mr. Belvedere until now. Um, and he arrives in the first episode on a bus at a local shopping mall, then has to walk five miles to the through owner's the house. Yes, through yeah. the snow. Um, so he's not that well to do. So he's clearly destitute or at the very least hiding from a family or something.
1: I think that's it. I think there might be some immigration issues. Okay. And I think some legal battles because he I mean, why would he be in? Suburban Pittsburgh. It makes no sense at all.
0: Yeah. But he also does, he does a bad job of hiding his previous life, flaunting the yeah, pictures of him with the Queen he, and Gandhi.
1: He keeps flaunting it. Oh, by the way, what we're looking at right now is that Wesley's at his day camp and there's a woman who's a little bit older. She's a very matronly looking grandmother.
0: Almost thing. like a head. Margaret Dumont.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. A head counselor kind of situation. She's a little portly. She's not a skinny lady. Uh, but I think we counted, I think I counted three separate fat jokes. Yeah, Uh, at this lady's expense. Yeah. Which, big, big trope in the 80s. Just Mm -hmm. fat joke, fat joke. And really, I don't think they directed any fat jokes at Mr. Belvedere this episode, which is very rare, because it was all just fat jokes about him. So I think they could direct them to this woman. So she got the... So I bet you Christopher Ewitt loved this episode. Yeah. Because he didn't get any of the fat jokes, which were hilarious. I mean, just nothing but making fun of... It's good to point out
0: something that, you know... That is right in front of you. Right, exactly. It's a good joke.
1: Ex- that, was a, that was just a very, like, oh, yeah, let's just keep making fat jokes over and over and over again. In any sitcom, that was just completely acceptable. And the
0: people Which who made them, cool. who made the fat jokes, were all good people.
1: Yes, we very, were, very like, good
0: to believe. Um, so Absolutely. I noticed something interesting here, that um the oldest son, Kevin, is working at a uh, chicken restaurant. Yes, and, Mr. Klux. Yes, I'm a big fan of Norman Lear. And Good Times, specifically. Sure. And yeah. it reminded me a lot of when J.J. worked for a chicken restaurant. And yeah. um, you could pretty much lift the jokes made about this. Now, I don't know if this was a running thing, if it was multiple episodes or just this one that he worked he there. Was, I,
1: I, it, there was definitely a number of episodes. I don't know okay. how long it was, but this was not the only episode. Okay,
0: yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was, again, that in the 80s it was funny to work for a chicken restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess was, KFC was hilarious. KFC was big then. That was very big. Yeah. But they were all it, kind of, I mean, it was shitty to be fat or also to work at a restaurant or to have a job. It was right. Funny exactly. if you to had a job.
1: Have yeah. Any kind of, if you, now you're a, a hero on the front lines, mm-hmm. but back then it was a punchline. Is, yeah. Is, is what well, you were put in
0: the place that you deserve.
1: Right. And a fun fact right here uh, the guy who played, I think it was, his name is Rob Stone, the guy who played the older brother, mm-hmm. Kevin, he. A lot of people thought that he was Marilyn Manson. He grew up to be Marilyn Manson. That was a big urban legend for years. Okay. Not the case. Not true. Uh, but he was, and this is true. At the time that this was airing, he was roommates with a then very young comic, Doug Benson of Doug Loves Movies, and getting high with getting Doug with high. Uh, they they were roommates together. Apparently, Doug used to hang out at all of the tapings, so he was around. There. God,
0: that is something where I want a book just from Doug Benson's time living. Uh, and being around the Belvedere set
1: I mean, it'd be it'd be amazing because, I, would uh, think, I, I would suggest the title Streaks on the China but that's yeah. just me
0: um, yeah. yeah, because there's a big thing that we'll get into maybe as a postscript a little bit later uh, that comes from Doug Benson's time being uh, roommates with uh, Sounds good. Rob Stone Talking Sit will be right back after these messages Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Um, so yeah. again, again, I liked it. Um, so Belvedere, this to me was the episode, uh, I would classify it as the episode where Belvedere goes golfing. I don't know what else yes. you would consider yes. this to be.
1: Um, he ne- he never played golf before apparently. Mm-hmm. And George but, takes him to the co- to George's country club. Right.
0: Because, uh, Bob Eucher, which again, we need to, uh, stress was 92 years old, uh, at the yes. beginning of the series, um, yes. has a relatively younger for his age, hot wife, um, mm-hmm not quite alf levels uh, where max right close it but was it was along, it was along, it was those, along lines. those lines yes. yeah he was an old man with a hotter hotter yeah. young wife and yet, who was
1: who who became a lawyer in the first season she became a lawyer okay on the so show. that
0: was part of what i was going to ask about why belvedere why they need belvedere and it's because he is a sportscaster or a sports writer and she is in law school but that only yes. lasts for the first season so right. what the fuck
1: so then she works at a place called legal hut at the mall that was a that was a big thing, but then there was a the couple episode arc, at least one episode, I think it was a few episodes, where she, she decided just to quit being a lawyer and she became a singing waitress at a diner. Okay, which is just tells uh, me
0: that the actress it, probably had that put in her contract that at some point exactly. she has to sing.
1: It was it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Yeah. So now here's here's a real pivotal moment in the episode that we're looking at right now. Uh, they're all going out on a nature walk. Bryce Beckham's character Wesley. He's always the prankster, is always getting in trouble. He is a sociopath. He really yeah, is a sociopath. Yeah. And he fakes a stomach ache because he doesn't want to go on the nature. And walk. he so lies then, about
0: eating thorns, which proves that he is very stupid.
1: Exactly. So the, then there's this young, hip counselor. And I mean, you know he's Perry. hip because? He's got a backwards hat on, mm-hmm. backwards baseball cap. I, sh- I'm gonna, I know people can't go. see me, but I'm turning my ba- cap backwards right now. See, Just now I trust you. Perry.
0: Now I think I can talk to you one-on-one.
1: Exactly, because he's cool with the kids, and he sneaks him a soda. He gives Wesley a soda. He's like, "Let's let this be our our little secret," which is code word right there, like red flag. We know what Let's make this be our little secret. We know what that's all about.
0: Yeah, that um, yeah. he switched the colas. He's they're doing the Pepsi challenge.
1: Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and it he, is. He it, he. he Good.
1: Oh, and he gives him a pair of binoculars too.
0: Right, uh, right.
1: As sort of like a gift, kind of groom him to be like, hey. Hang on to these binoculars. You can right. keep them all weekend. Now, here's where this this next scene right here. So he he takes, uh, he sneaks Wesley away and he takes him scuba to, uh, or, or snorkeling. Now yeah. he's back. Wesley is wearing, he's all wet, just wearing his swim trunks. This image will be ingrained in my memory mm-hmm. until my deathbed. Like when I think of my deathbed, this will be part of it. Would you like to walk us through it?
0: Yeah. Um, so the cool counselor Perry is now uh, tailing down uh, young Wesley, who again, just in swim trunks. And so this yeah. obviously who's gonna, probably about 10, 11. Years yes. Uh, this is the most uncomfortable thing I've seen in a very long time. Um, because this is not 100%, not just the implication there's faces of death. And yes. then there's this. Scene. Yes. Uh, this is not just the implication mm-hmm. of something happening. They show it.
1: Yeah, he's, he starts, he's, it happens. He he rubs his shoulders, and again, he's wearing no shirt. He rubs his shoulders, he's rubbing his arms, giving him a nice, nice deep tissue massage. And yeah, Wesley is not having it. He is not happy. He knows he smells something's going south, so he runs off.
0: Yeah, he failed the Pepsi challenge. Um, exactly. So what I do like is that I don't think there was a commercial break. It seems like it just segued right into this next scene of a the hilarious story hilarious golf scene. Yes. Let's, you know, <laughs> Where
1: try, try, I, I try love molestation, mm-hmm. and then, hey... Let's talk about golf.
0: Explicit child molestation that they make the audience sit through. Because um, at this point, the the famous yes. uh, bike store episode of Different Strokes had aired, I think, a few years earlier, maybe. Um, so yeah, the viewing yeah, audience was familiar with the implication and probably didn't need to be walked through that.
1: But they took the extra steps to be like, nope, we're going to show a kid getting molested on the air. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere.
0: But the very great joke is that uh, in the very next scene is where uh, they go back to the golf bee story and George, Bob Uecker is trying to sneak out without Belvedere being there which again mm-hmm. is another favorite sitcom trope where people are unnecessarily sneaking around instead of just being adults. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And Belvedere is and waiting for him with each other. Belvedere is waiting for him outside the door um, like yeah. a fucking psycho. Golf club in hand having ripped yes. up ripped up his yard trying Wearing to putt. the
1: exact same Crazy wearing the same Dorf on Goff outfit that, yes. he, that he was from the day before. I mean, before. he, he was is. Lumpa. Uh, that. Yeah, no. And it's just, it, well, it's that thing, too, where um, I, the, the thing that made me uncomfortable was that at the first few episodes, first few seasons, uh, George and Mr. Belvedere were enemies, and now mm-hmm. they're sort of friends. It's kind of like when Tom and Jerry became friends. Didn't like it. Didn't no, like that vibe.
0: No, um, because there was like a big dog or something that they had to gang up on. Yes. Um,
1: Uh, In this, in this case,
0: by the way, I would say the big dog is probably the uh, rapey molester counselor. Sure, yeah, one hundred
1: percent. Yeah, he's he is a big dog. Uh, By the way, some more. There was just a nice fat lady joke. So Mm. that was, I think, the second or I think third fat lady joke in in one episode. Just because you know, just because why not? Let's throw it in there.
0: And she is wearing a uh, trench coat or a long coat at the very least, uh, presumably Mm -hmm. in the summer months outside of Pittsburgh, as we all know, would be very cool.
1: she is wearing a khaki coat that does look like John Popper's harmonica vest. Yes. So I think there's some parallels can be drawn.
0: Yeah. There. Um, and this is where, you know, the, the counselor is now aware that Wesley knows something bad happened.
1: Yes. And by was, bad. Not I mean, comfortable with this Yeah.
0: by bad. I mean, yeah. uh, George having to play golf with Belvedere is the, exactly. is the through line of this
1: episode. Well, I mean, what's worse, um, you know, molestation or playing golf with somebody you don't really want to. Yeah. I think that's for the listener to judge. Both things I think that's for the listener.
0: Equally unavoidable.
1: At 100%. Yeah. yeah. They both get more than they bargained for. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, just once. Um, now, I think George is about to get exactly what he bargained for uh, when he right. when he lies about Onus Wagner, um, mm-hmm. which again, yeah, when I first watched this, I had to make sure that he was lying and that was the joke because he did a spit yes. take. yeah um, and he got caught in a lie by another adult instead of yes. just saying, hey, fuck you. You work for me.
1: Right. He's your boss. Yeah. He doesn't have to take you. Golfing. Well, that was
0: the interesting thing. Like you said, these two from the first episode were immediately antagonistic of each other. Uh, yes. For a guy who's a man with no country, has nowhere else to go. And another mm-hmm. guy who can't even cook spaghetti for his kids while his wife's in law school. They need each other. No.
1: They 100% do, and they figure that out throughout the seasons, mm-hmm. which, is, which is nice. Uh, but I will say he gets a little racist right here because he says he doesn't really fit in at the country club because he's English. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine how racist a country club is that you don't let English people in? Well, I mean, that's I, pretty specific.
0: Yeah, yeah. At the time, though, um, English people were not nearly as well liked as they are right now. Um, Margaret Thatcher was kind of doing a lot of good things
1: sure yeah that, that is true the there was the great muppet caper yeah which w- did take place in london mm-hmm. so they were they were riding a high that, yeah and that, also crocodile dundee which most people kind of just assumed that he was english i mean come on because yeah. it's close enough
0: yeah 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 um
1: by the way uh, i love this implication and yes. you're gonna see this right now uh kevin comes in with the binoculars uh beca- because he got a phone call that somebody was looking through binoculars into Fifi Huffnagels, which is their neighbors, the Huffnagels, which is mm-hmm. a great last name. He was staring into her window with binoculars as a as a joke. And that was two jokes throughout the episode, which I think is a great message to put out there. Yeah. Molestation bad, peeping on a girl from uh, with binoculars while she's changing, totally hilarious. And well, I think that's a good distinction to make.
0: So early in the episode, they set up the uh, the joke there that, uh, Wesley had been doing it. Um Yes. So Fifi Huffnagel, is she closer to Wesley's age or closer to Kevin's age? Because that's a important you would, distinction.
1: You would hope Kevin. You would hope Kevin's age. Yeah. The one thing I, I do appreciate about them is that they've I don't believe they've ever shown the Huffnagels ever. So okay, for our imagination. Yeah.
0: Unlike unlike watching Wesley get uh shiatsu'd.
1: It wasn't like the the Akmonics. Yes. You know, they were there was no face with a name. It mm-hmm. was just It was just the Huffnaggles. And the other. There there was always feuding, too.
0: mm -hmm. The other interesting thing here is uh, this counselor really seems to take the place of uh, Belvedere in this episode because she's cultured and she's making the kids uh, do a play, a Sophocles play in Greek. Um,
1: Yes, a Greek tragedy. I mean, what's not fun. And and I mean, that's in a day and a half of this, apparently, the whole summer camp.
0: Well, I don't think they learned Greek. I think that's a little bit they learned enough Greek to get by in the play, which they is doable. In that's doable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's like learning 99 red balloons in German.
1: Right. Which yeah. we all have, which we yes. all learned at summer camp.
0: Yeah. Um. And again, yeah, here's
1: here's a here's a bold move, by the way. Here comes Counselor Perry and he's like playing Mr. Nice Guy with the parents. Like if I were him, I would just stay away from him.
0: Yeah, I would have skedaddled after Wesley. He, yeah.
1: He goes right into the hornet's nest and was like, Yep. I was the one who uh, rubbed your kid's shoulders. I mean, he didn't say that, but, uh, you know, he's trying to make nice.
0: Well, he had a pretty obvious erection in that scene, too.
1: I, well, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. the jeans were tighter back They then. were
0: pleated, but, you know, we got to assume some of that was the bone.
1: We got a show, is what we're saying. We, uh, yeah. we got a show. Yeah, we
0: paid the price yeah. of admission and this, uh, By the, I the way, off.
1: I... I do want to say, this was a running theme, that Mr. Belvedere always had, he always had a good molestation spidey sense. You mm. can always tell when somebody's getting molested. He's like, something has gone awry right here.
0: He knows that something is not right in England and also right. here.
1: Exactly. By the way, here's a big turning point in the episode. This is when I think it's Kyle, another little boy. uh, He tells him that his parents weren't at the show, at the camp show, but that Councilor Perry was going to drive him home in his convertible. Mm -hmm. So Wesley's like, "Uh uh-oh, this is bad news. He's going to do it to this kid in his convertible. You have a convertible, don't you, Sean? Yes.
0: Um, Well, when I I don't have the fire trucks, yeah.
1: Right. I was going to say you have a... But only when I have a backwards hat on, too. Right. Now here's the moment that I will always remember, besides the rubbing the shoulders. he's like the kid is about to go with counselor Perry, and in front of everybody, Wesley's like, "Don't go with him." And he's like, "Why not?" He's like he might try to do stuff to him and put his hands on him.
0: But he really mom is like, he really drags it out I mean, grudgingly. Like, at that point, yeah, yeah, at that point, yeah. the guy could have made off with him like three times.
1: Yes. See, maybe if I was writing this episode, he, he, he'd he be like, don't go with him. He's, you know, he's going to do something to him. And they're like, like what? He's like, ah, nothing, whatever. And then he burps and then it's funny. And then you just, and he's like, whatever. And then you know, maybe the, the show's fat, maybe
0: not. the fat counselor falls into like a bush or something.
1: Right. And they're like, look how fucking fat she is. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. And because it's not the Kyle show. I no. mean, we don't know his story. No. We don't know his backstory. I assume who, Kyle who, who died. Cares?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you would hope so. Um, you, would, for, you would hope so. Bob euchre had a great joke here that got exactly what it deserved uh, because they set up the uh, bug juice thing when they're doing the play. And they say, yes. oh, the kids call him bug juice. And immediately after finding out that his son was molested, he says, no wonder they call it bug juice. And everyone fucking knows sells it.
1: Yes. Because just, not the time I mean, or just, place, George stonewalls it they're, yeah they're euchre yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and again uh flannel shirt jeans in uh let's just say june july or august outside of pittsburgh belvedere with a yep. nice uh cardigan full tie yeah
1: yeah, abs- absolutely absolutely does like belvedere is, ever yeah. get like
0: fun does he ever dress like fun but well i saw the golf thing but like a cut yeah. loose like where he slightly undoes the tie
1: he had some alf episodes where like alf would wear a the Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, like there were some Hawaiian shirt episodes where he does, he d- he jumped the shark a couple of times. He yeah. definitely had his fun. I mean, he's usually dressed up, but they definitely had the fun. George, on the other hand, I mean, almost always had that, down. that yeah. final shirt.
0: Um, also, yeah. much like Alf, uh, Christopher Hewitt is not always playing Mr. Belvedere. Sometimes it's many little people inside of him for the full frontal shots.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, you're not going to hire an English actor. No, you you're can't get possibly a afford that. people that can that can get a. In English They can do an English accent. Yeah, now here's By the perfect
0: Kevin again.
1: Yeah, yeah, wearing a robe, which bathrobe, which is perfect uh, for a pervert. Uh-huh. Now he's putting some alka seltzer in, and he's saying that he's not going to work because he doesn't feel well because he tried the new Mexican food at his chicken joint. They had a new Mexican burrito or something like that. I literally did not eat Mexican food until I was at least in my Mm twenties because I was so afraid of it because of sitcoms, because this was a running joke that Mexican food is just going to make you sick and it's a terrible, terrible thing. So never eat Mexican food. I was like, got it. Mm -hmm. Never eat Mexican food, make fun of fat people, stay away from molesters. And that's what I learned from these sitcoms. Now I learned that all of those things were wrong. That, you know, you should eat Mexican food, that you shouldn't make fun of obese people, and that you should hang out with child molesters.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, Right. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So now here we get the uh, the, um, the, the nice little button on it that Wesley is still a fucking psychopath and has not had an ounce of empathy placed into him, Uh, not Not only from getting molested himself, but from watching his friend get preyed upon immediately, too. Right. Um, he just says, Hey, I'm gonna do permanent damage to my sister's hair, my dumb, dumb yes. sister's hair, who has to go yeah. to summer school. By oh, putting super
1: glue in her curlers. Yes. Yeah. Now here here's the part. This is the money shot right here. Yes. This is not Wesley and Mr. Belvedere, this is Christopher with the actor and Bryce Beckham, the actor, sitting in a director's chair talking to the audience about how the the, about the weight of the episode and what the, what you kids should do if this ever happens to you. And this was, these were the moments in, in my childhood where I learned the most.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, I wish they would do that at the end of every episode, but like just taught you other information. Like if I could learn about photosynthesis through a very serious Ted Danson (laughs) and George went at the end of cheers and they're like, look, photosynthesis Hi, I'm George. Went. Photosynthesis is when oxygen is created, or whatever the Yes, because I, I don't. Know uh,
0: you wouldn't know unless you had George. Went. Yeah. Dan pointed out um, Belvedere's stance over uh, Wesley at the, uh, or sorry, Christopher Hewitt. Uh, very reminiscent mm. of the uh, camp counselor's stance when he was uh, doing the yeah. bad thing, like almost exactly. Going go for a shoulder. It was like run. a shot yeah. for shot Gus Van Sant psycho like remake of it.
1: it. It really is. And then he's like J.K. L.O.L. By yeah. the way, the thing we did miss in this episode, which. I, I was upset about. And he, did, he even does bring it up. He's like, I'm Christopher You Usually you would see Mr. Belvedere writing in his journal yes. at the end of the episode. So he, um, usually he's in his room and he's writing in his journal about the funny things that happened. Mm-hmm. that day. But it was too serious for that one. He's not going to document that in a journal. That's when they did the very serious thing. By the way, one of my favorite things, I don't know if he stuck around to the very end, but one of my favorite things about these old TV shows is it goes into the outro music mm-hmm. and you're listening to the very, Because it's every episode was it was more of a classical piano rendition of that song, Mm -hmm. so they're doing that, and then all of a sudden, as you're trying to decompress from this very weighty issue, as a ten year old, I'm trying to think, and then you just hear a promo over top of the music saying, "Hi, this is Dabney Coleman. Here's my (laughs) show, Slap Maxwell."
0: Thank you, thank you. I was hoping you would mention that. Maxwell. Do you remember that show at all? Do you?
1: Yes, I I don't remember really watching it, but I was always a Dabney Coleman fan, Uh and I do remember that show being on. I don't remember watching it, but I do remember it being on.
0: Yeah, Um, it is very. It was a
1: very long, long long-lasting show. No, it was
0: long enough for a uh, promo, promo, and the closing of a special, Mister Belvedere. Which I think that's the kind of longevity we can all aspire to. Um, right. So you yeah. have a unique history uh, with butlers. Uh, you yourself have not yes, presumably I been one?
1: Well, I, I've never officially buttled, no. Right.
0: Um, no. But do you want to um, walk us through uh, a little bit of your personal history, you and uh, our friend Greg Gethard, uh, yes. with a and butler I, I- message board?
1: Right, I, I have to give Greg Gethard the credit for this one because I, I'm 99 percent sure he's the one who found this. But this is a number of years ago. I, I would say close to 10 years ago, mm-hmm. if not more, he found a message board called, and I don't believe it's up, it's I don't believe it's up anymore. It's called Modern Butlers or Modern and it was a message board for butlers. Create for created by what, what, how do they say that? It was like for four us butlers bias. by butlers. FB yeah, for us by us. yes BB yes. And it was just gentlemen who buttled mm-hmm. for rich people, and they just talked about their many issues and got advice from each other, shared secrets about butlering. And you could pretty much just join, and Greg and I joined as butlers, mm-hmm. and we would leave the craziest posts. Uh, the, the, the one that Greg did was was my favorite. He said, first of all, he would refer to his... The the boss, you know his employers, you know the family that he worked for, the, the father figure especially. He uh. referred to him as his master, <laughs> which didn't always sit well. But he referred to him, and he's like, "What's the best way to ask for a raise?" And he's like, "This is what I was thinking of doing." And basically, like he he walked him through it. He's like, "I would bring uh, his slippers at the end of the night, just like he does, and his thing of brandy, and I would crawl across the room on all fours <laughs> to show him uh, that I respect him, and I would never look him directly in the eye, and like." Beg him and just shower him With praise and ask for a very modest raise (laughs) And then the one that I did So first of all he got kicked out for that Yeah, And then the one that I got kicked out for was I said that I was a butler for a family In Hermosa Beach, California And there were two nine year old twin boys In the family And the one twin year old nine boy Was killed in a windsurfing accident (laughs) And rather than Really dealing with the death of The twin brother the other brother just pretended that I, the butler, was his nine-year-old brother, and the family just went with it. So as part of that charade, I, as the butler, would have to sleep in the in bunk beds <laughs> with him. And then after I knew he was asleep, I would crawl off the bunk bed and go back into my own butler quarters. And what should I do about this issue? How do I break it to the family that I can't sleep in bunk beds with their nine-year-old <laughs> remaining son? And I was swiftly kicked off the message board for that. that. Huh. But it was some of my favorite stuff. So I don't believe it's around anymore. But it yeah. was – we had so much fun getting kicked off time and time again because we did it a couple times. So we just sign up under a different email address right. and, and just pretend to be butlers and infiltrate their world. Yeah. And there, I still – to this day, I'll always remember and this is how I treat most people. The the Butler Code or the Butler Motto was always friendly but not familiar. Mm. Which that's a good is, way to live. That's it, 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 how it, it me and my girlfriend. Good, yeah. yeah, I, I didn't that's, realize that's we observed way. that. But yes, I think I think you do. Your relationship I see is mm. is, a, is a very very but, uh, but well, friendly cleric. but
0: structured. You know,
1: right? It's, a, it's a, there there are clear lines. definitely guidelines. Uh, it is very cleric and it's. Yeah, friendly but not familiar. It's like, yeah. look, I, I would be friendly, but we're, I'm not one of the family. I think Mr. Belvedere sometimes got a little too friendly, and it was like he put his nose where it probably. shouldn't I mean, have well, been.
0: we should we should point out something that um I meant to bring up while we were watching. This is all Belvedere's fault. He signed Wesley up for the summer camp.
1: Oh, he threw him right into the lions. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Yeah, he's like this. That's that's terms for termination right there which That's is the also
0: right i mean there. it's smart if you're the butler and you want a little bit of a break because you got the dumb girl going to summer school the other yep. kid is um pervin or serving chicken and then sure. you send the other one to get fucked
1: by the way pervin and serving chicken is i like that uh, scene sounds like such a cool like hey man what are you up to you know just the normal pervin and, and serving, serving chicken. chicken yeah
0: yeah so, i um i was banned from uh, multiple improv uh, theaters for yelling that as a suggestion
1: is that right? And rightly no. so. A- exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, uh, I, I've been kicked out. That, that's another thing that uh, I've been kicked out. I think you may have too. Uh, Greg and I a number of times have been kicked out of the Facebook group Roxborough Rants and Raves. Yes,
0: yes, proudly. A, a number of times Yes. Uh, for that. Yes, And
1: that, that was my favorite one of his was when he said, when he asked uh, the, the community uh, where At the large. best place in Roxborough was. yes where the best place in Roxborough was to watch teenagers fight. Ah, that
0: that, was so good.
1: And then the other one was when he, uh, wanted advice for a good place to get his best friend's wife, a cute top yes. for her birthday.
0: And one of my favorite parts of that one was, um, when someone asked a question and he said, Oh no, I don't know her very well.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, just
0: classic. honestly, I think this is going to be the spinoff of times Greg made people mad online. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we could do a deep dive into that history.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, he makes me mad most of the time. on Oh, that, furious! Is... He
0: messaged me earlier, and I've burned his house down. Actually, those is were the fire trucks. Those,
1: that's where those fire. Well, it's trucks fun because I, I can see. bring
0: my own. I can bring my own truck. Um, and
1: then not and just shoot slurpees at the house. Listen,
0: I'm friendly, but not familiar with these fires. I think that's friendly, think that's but not really familiar important. fire.
1: That's very, very important yeah. to
0: be um, So a little bit of uh, trivia here. Uh, we mentioned the theme song sung by Leon Redbone in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, are you aware of the other theme song that Gary Portnoy and Judy Hart Angelo uh, created? Perhaps, obviously, their most famous work. I'm not. Cheers.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And when
0: I read that, I, I knew the name Gary Portnoy stood out. Um, I don't recognize women's role in... Many things, so... Nor should you. No. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, so ABC had tried a few times to do an adaptation for TV of Belvedere. Okay. Um, one of the attempts uh, was going to star Victor Bruno uh, as Belvedere, and Victor Brono is best known as King Tut on the Batman series starring Adam West. Ah, oh, all right. Which I feel like that also would have fit in, and he probably would not have had a kid molested. sure. Um. Well, King Tut. Um, Which also, he was a grown King Tut on Batman, and I think about it, and King Tut died at like 12 or 13. Yeah. So, mm, playing against Tut. Yeah. Uh, so the big uh story to get to that we alluded to, uh that Rob Stone was roommates with a young Doug Benson. Um, mm-hmm. Did Mr. Belvedere sit on his own balls, causing production to come to a screeching halt?
1: I mean, this is the age-old question. Yes. This is the Hollywood mystery What happened to Natalie Wood? Mm -hmm. How did Marilyn Monroe actually die? And did Christopher Hewitt actually sit on his own balls? Yes. uh, Stopping production for a few days. Yeah.
0: Um, So in my research, I found not one, not two, but three uh, stories of this. Um, And they all are different, but they all conclude with Christopher Hewitt's balls being squashed by Christopher Mm -hmm. Hewitt. Um, okay. So I'm inclined to believe they are true, uh, okay. but, you know, um, so the one comes from uh, Jay Marr's book, Gasping for Airtime, Two Years in the Trenches of Saturday Night Live, in which he writes that Adam Sandler was on set as a guest star, and he saw it happen during a table read, uh, okay. and Belvedere uh, screeched so loudly when he sat on his own balls that he broke a light and he had to be stretchered out, <laughs> which Oh my uh,
1: God.
0: it's very good to think about.
1: To be a fly on the wall there.
0: To be a fly on the balls. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, then there's the uh, Doug Benson uh, story, which I really admire for its simplicity, in which he says that uh, Kevin Owens, who was on the show, uh, just came home early one day and Doug Benson said, Why are you home early? He said, Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls. End of story. I, I, by
1: the way, I love how he just refers to him as Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> yes. Oh, I
0: don't think any of them knew him as Christopher Hewitt until he said, I'm Christopher Hewitt at the end of this very special episode. Right. I think they all assumed he was their actual butler because he kept yes. it friendly but not familiar. Yeah. Um, and the third version, and this is why I tend to believe it's true, comes from a series co-creator Jeff Stein. Uh, okay. Who claims it happened while Christopher Hewitt was riding in a convertible during the famed Hollywood Christmas parade. And he fell backwards, sitting on his own balls.
1: I mean, that's the way to do it. That's my favorite. And that's that's the one that I heard. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely heard that one.
0: See, that was um, the one I could find the least info surrounding because I did a bunch of searches to see mm-hmm. if there was old video of these uh, Hollywood Christmas parades because they air all the time. Uh, sure. And I also did a general search for like the year it would have happened. Um, I mean, could
1: you imagine being a child in Hollywood? christmas time often i do waiting expecting to see santa claus come by in a parade float and instead you just see a grimacing mr belvedere ah uh, that I mean, would that's, be see that's enough to to keep you awake for weeks
0: yeah i feel sorry for the kids who saw it happen and mm-hmm. they had the context for why he was screeching and howling uh as opposed to the kids who, like you said, got the real treat of just seeing Mr. Belvedere screeching, howling, and probably yelling, ow, my balls, I sat on my own balls, I'm Mr. Belvedere.
1: I mean, that's the way to do it. And just naming himself at the end, yeah. I think is the important part. By the way, did you ever see, there is a, an amazing, it's one of my favorite all-time Saturday Night Live sketches about Mr. Belvedere.
0: No, um, looking, looking uh, doing research for this, I kept meaning to find
1: that. It's so funny. I don't know if it's online at all. But it was, I think Tom Hanks was one of the, uh, he was one of the, uh, I think he was the host that week. I, I think it was Tom Hanks. And it was a support group for people who were obsessed with the actor that played Mr. Belvedere. Wow. And they never mentioned Christopher up by name, I don't believe. <laughs> they just kept saying, by the actor who played Mr. <laughs> Belvedere. And, like, they would go through these, like, steps of, like it's okay to write the actor who played Mr. Belvedere a fan letter to tell them that you like his work. Yeah. But it's not okay to send him a letter that also contains, you know, your severed pinky finger because <laughs> you want him to have, like, you know, it was like all yeah. these things. And then they had a, they, my favorite part, and uh, my, my buddy Ben again, who uh, who, who we, we always joke about Mr. Belvedere, yeah, they came up with a name. They decided instead of saying the words, the actor who called Mr. Belvedere,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, uh, they, here, here they, 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 they called him. Oh, is it, is it on there? Damn family. Oh, they family. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away, but okay. this is amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. If we can...
1: The guy who plays Mr. Belvedere fan club, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it shows Christopher <laughs> Shewitt.
1: Great okay, meeting comes to order. And my friends, we have scored another major coup for all members in good standing. Now, don't concern yourselves with how we did it because it involves unsightly backroom haggling. Just get ready to enjoy another great perk as a card-carrying fan of Mr. Belvedere, all right? (laughs) If you leave your membership plaque on the dashboard of your car, Joe Geller said we can park in the handicap space at his brother's convenience mart, okay? That's so wonderful because sometimes I only have a few items to buy like wine and cat food. Now I can go in and out so much quicker. Right, so enjoy. Okay, and now to our next order of business is ah, oh, the nickname issue. Now, last time we spoke, we resolved to come up with a nickname for Mr. Belvedere that only we use so Just we can right identify here. each other in a strange town or something, right? Okay, ideas? How about Thaddeus or Big Bob? Betty. How about the man who rides alone? Head cheese? <laughs> El Stinkmeister. Boo. Boo. I, I like Bacon of Bliss. How about Brock Toon? Brock <laughs> Hey, I like it. All right, let's vote. All, right, all in favor of Brock Tune. say aye. 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 Not in favor, nay. Nay. Brock Toon it is. Oh, that, that sounds like a Pepperidge Farm cookie, and that's A-OK with me. <laughs> that's my favorite part, is that just naming <laughs> him Brock <laughs> Yeah. You, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, what a bizarre thing! And that's a seven-minute-long sketch, which I'm going to watch as soon as this is done.
1: Yeah, it um, just keeps going.
0: My God, what what mileage they got out of that? Um, mm-hmm. All right, uh, Chip. Do you have? No. Oh, oh, one other yeah. thing. Oh uh, yeah. Series creator Jeff Stein would also go on to write and direct the music video for Billy Idol's "Rebel Yell."
1: I mean, how great! Is what, that? what else is that can one, you do? I I. That's the one with like with the uh, big shock, like I, the big electric y- things on the roof. I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I refuse to watch it though again yeah
1: i think that's a good idea I yeah that's a good idea um now what what would you say your favorite th- that era i'm and i'm going to call mr belvedere tgif right. era because it, it is he's on the cusp yeah. he is the guy for he's kind of like the pixies of the grunge movement mm-hmm. like yeah. he's really around before but inspired yeah the rest of, and by the way same exact timing 1988 89 there's a the lot Q- of
0: similarities with the tgif and the grunge mo- and the movement it movement. Yes. Yes. really is initially I mean, it was thank it grunge it's uh friday
1: yeah, you know, Perfect Strangers was the guided by voices mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot to the you know the uh, the or the first season before Jump the Shark, the first season of Full House was the replacements yes. of the grunge scene, and yeah. you know I th- I, the the you know there was definitely some. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go as far as saying Webster was the REM of the college rock scene that sure. became TGIF.
0: Yeah. Also, Webster filmed in Athens, Georgia, so it checks out. 100%, yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, what was your favorite of that era, favorite Um, sitcom?
0: So, yeah, so it, um, again, I can't remember exactly when it aired or what iteration it was part of, but I think I always leaned towards family matters. Okay, yeah. Um, I never enjoyed Urkel. I remember as a kid finding him annoying. Uh, I wanted Reginald Val Johnson to be my dad, still do. Um, mm-hmm. Fun fact, one time, uh, 2005, uh, me and my buddy Sean, also Sean, uh, we were coming home from Atlantic City. We are on the AC Expressway. We were by the um, Farley uh, Service uh, Plaza there. Sure. And i pretty sure it was Reginald Val Johnson or someone else.
1: What? Somebody, maybe Maybe a lookalike, maybe an impersonator going to a party. Because I remember like, back in the mid-2000s, I think you said it was mid-2000s, mm-hmm. Like, you could hire. That was a big thing for parties. Like, it was a big industry. You, you hire a magician, you hire a clown, you hire a Reginald Bell Johnson mm-hmm. lookalike to come to your party and entertain. I
0: mean, you had to and do I, it well in advance, like months out in advance to oh, get yeah. a good I one. Mean, this was
1: not, yeah, because this was this you know this was on the heels of Die Hard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I had a very complicated, as most people do. I will admit that I had a very complicated relationship with family matters, in in that. Um, I was again, and it was. I was that coming of age where I was nine, 10 years old, right Mm -hmm. at the beginning or right before TGIF, when I was in the sweet spot. Loved Full House for the first season or two because I was like, that was my age. And then I hit like 12. And then it was, I think it was a combination of me getting older and Full House just getting dumber. Yeah. And, family matters wasn't as dumb but like they rode that wave and then i was just way too cool for school and like i loved the first season of tgif and mm-hmm. then i had to I had to get out
0: well out interestingly a lot of your early stand up uh is kind of like right on par with uh Joey gladstone
1: 100% i think that's part of the problem where i tried to distance myself just too much yeah i was doing a lot of funny squeaky voices mm-hmm. there was some puppetry involved uh, it was. It was talking about my native Canada yeah. a lot. I mean, that was most of my jokes. People so I, don't I really. That,
0: yeah, our, people don't really talk about your uh, native Canada a lot.
1: No, they don't. No, no I don't wish to because I'm ashamed of it.
0: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you're you're also on the run butlering for people. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a Canadian. You're butler. a real Brocktoon.
1: Yeah, 100. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um, I won't. I won't show you my tattoo my Brocktoon tattoo. Mm, mm.
0: Uh, so I think we pretty much covered everything uh, Belvedere. Is there anything else uh, you want to add uh, that we didn't touch on here?
1: I will say that a lot of great episodes of Mr. Belvedere. I, I did go through a deep dive a couple of months ago before this whole lockdown where I voluntarily stayed in my house mm. and I would watch just on YouTube. I pull it up on my TV and watch an episode of Mr. Belvedere as I had breakfast or something like that. And uh, it was great. Some of the episodes are so simple. Like now everything has to be written and multi-layered on every sitcom where it's an ensemble cast. The A plot has to go into the B plot. And then of course, you know, it all wraps up with a callback and a C plot and something crazy happens. And there's a running theme of all of the characters, and that might be a subplot of a, a multi-episode arc mm-hmm. with special guests and another plot to move the characters forward, but yet there was one episode of Mr. Belvedere where they got a pinball machine, Ooh, and that was the, in- that was the entire plot, was yeah. that they got a pinball machine, and Mr. Belvedere got obsessed with the pinball machine and couldn't stop playing pinball and that was the entire episode that
0: rings true to true to life to me because imagine if your dad came home with a fucking pinball machine what else would you talk about for the next six months
1: well i go crazy i still to this day i still remember just looking back on it when i think it was my friends we were all the same age my my friend turned seven and seven or eight years old we we went over to his house and he he was like it was a very like middle-class neighborhood you know Kind of blue collar, whatever. But like he, his family—I don't know if they had more money, but I think they just spent more money. Mm -hmm. You know the, you know I'm talking about, right? Like that time, and they had a pool. It wasn't the nicest thing in the world, but it was a pool. So like they always had the pool. But his his birthday was in the summer. It was in July, and he was having a pool party and a sleepover. But his dad rented two arcade video games to come into the house. So like it was—I think one was Pac-Man and one was. Uh, like donkey kong or something but they were like the upright arcade Uh video games and just the idea that you could have video games in your home yeah like blew my like we had an atari but like this was Mm -hmm. a whole other level so um uh just so yeah so that so that pinball machine thing totally rang true to me yeah
0: yeah that's also a very cruel thing to do to um impress your kids friends for the party uh with the arcade machines and then if they ever come back again, you know, I would also They're expect them to still be there. Yeah.
1: And they, and they weren't. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't. And I, I still, to this day, I still remember uh, we had the video games. We had the pool party. Of course, they got pizza. And then most of the kids went home. But me and my buddy Nathan stayed over for the sleepover, just the three of us for the sleepover. Mm-hmm. And we woke up the next day and it was Live Aid. That was the next wow. day. Live Aid was happening then, wow. and uh, yeah, one of the one of the greatest days of my life. Uh, there is another episode. I will say, most of the episodes of Mister Belvedere very light, very silly, very fun. It was always Mister Belvedere against Wesley. Wesley and him were always going head to head. But they did have a couple weighty episodes. There was probably their most famous episode. Make might have been this one, but the other one was uh, I, f- I forget what it was called. I think it was called Wesley's Friend, maybe, and his friend couldn't go to school anymore because he he's like, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, Bobby or whatever his name was. oh he doesn't go to school anymore. And he's like, why? He's like, oh, he got this thing called AIDS Ooh. and then couldn't go to school. And the whole episode was about uh, Wesley's friend who had AIDS and yeah. couldn't play Lincoln in the school play anymore. That's uh, highly <clears throat> recommended episode.
0: I'm going to I'm going to watch out that because that's pretty interesting, given the time frame, because I don't think the Reagan administration was acknowledging AIDS at that point.
1: Oh no, they weren't, and and this was pretty early on too. So this was like eighty five, eighty six, I yeah. think. And they actually did it. I mean, they definitely played it as a joke, and there were there were a couple of, uh, uh, as as I like to call, as we call in the business, AIDS gags.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: But uh, they did handle it the right way to a certain extent, where they really were like, no, you shouldn't be afraid of him. He's not going to give it to you. Uh, you should treat him right he should be allowed to go to school so Mm. there was a yeah uh it's it's an interesting episode yeah Uh, one of my favorites Mm. and and i think at the end i believe at the end it was another another very very serious special out of character let's let's talk let's talk to you about that. yeah
0: um did they bring in conrad bain for that one to talk because i think that regardless of the show conrad bain should have been the one for every very special episode Yeah,
1: he. I mean, he's how I wanted to get all my uh, sexually transmitted disease information.
0: He's how I got most of my STDs.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The old CB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, You you
0: don't have a brain on both shoulder without getting a little overlap there.
1: No, you don't. No, No. you do not. No.
0: Um, Okay, so that is going to do it for uh, this episode of Talk and Sit. Uh, Chip, do you have anything in the near future ever going to happen again?
1: I don't. You should follow me on Twitter. And Instagram, and uh, that's pretty much all that is happening in my life right now. I will say, I am uh, Mary Radzinski and I are, are going to up and running with a with a new podcast coming out soon. It's not going to be as good as this one. It's not going to be talking about sitcom few, episodes. You are, but but Mary and I are starting an up uh, are starting a podcast very soon. Because I mean, what else are you doing now? Yeah. So, um, uh, but I would like to say, and if I could, we've had a lot of fun. But if we can take a second, I I would like to talk about something real quickly Please Uh, to to the viewer. And I'd like you to be a part of this, uh, Sean.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: So to the viewer out there, uh, my name is Tip Chantry. I was a comedian that took part in this episode. uh, And this is my friend Sean. Um, But we'd like to talk to all of you listeners about something uh, very serious uh, right now. And it is uh, podcasting while setting someone else's house on fire.
0: Yeah, uh, we've had a lot of fun with this, uh, but the important thing is to do it, um, you should. Right, and yep.
1: that's what we want to get at you. If you have to have an alibi, if you're going to set somebody's house on fire, schedule a podcast mm-hmm. so you can then be like, look, I was podcasting. There's no way I could have set Greg Gethard's house on fire.
0: And if at all possible, uh, if you can recruit uh, the kid who played Wesley on Mr. Belvedere to be your alibi... Mm -hmm. you have to arson responsibly
1: 100 percent. yeah yeah
0: thank you chip for coming on talking sit thank
1: you thank you uh thank it was my pleasure i i'll always come and talk about mr Belvedere with you
0: thank you next week comedian seamus millard joins us for an emotional talking sit give me the gun carlton give
1: me the gun i saved your life i want the gun will smith gotta give him credit fucking comedic timing oh yeah off the fucking charts that's next
0: week on Talking Set. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.